the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Richard Robertson, and this is Life in Colorado. Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Cause the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones here today. Toast to the ones that we lost on the way. Cause the drinks bring back all the memories. And the memories bring back, memories bring back your... There's a time that I remember When I did not know no pain When I believed in forever And everything would stay the same Now my heart feels like December When somebody say your day Cause I can't reach out to call you But I know I will one day yeah. Everybody hurts sometimes Everybody hurts someday yeah, yeah. But everything gonna be alright Raise a glass and say, hey. Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Cause the dreams bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones here today. Toast to the ones that we lost on the way. Cause the dreams bring back all the memories. And the memories bring back, memories bring back your. It's our pleasure to have on the show once again, Linda Holloway from Bessie's Hope. And so welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you, Richard. It's great to be back. And so in this 25th year, for those who might not know, give us a little history of Bessie's Hope and how that got started and what it's about. Okay. Well, Bessie was my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And uh, she helped raise me, so we were very, very close, obviously. And um, it was her Alzheimer's disease and subsequent nursing home placement in Texas that gave birth to to the organization. It was very God-ordained, um, because God's, God said to me one day when I was very angry, um, bring them together, the young and the old. And so I kept hearing this repeated over and over, and then I saw the vision of my co-founder, Sharon Brandrup, working with little kids and bigger kids, as we do now, 25, almost 30 years later, because of that vision. And then I'm working with the elders and then bringing them together in a very structured way. Mm-hmm. So that was that was the very beginning, uh, and now we work with um, – over 2,000 kids every year from preschool through high school, a lot of lot of at-risk kids, even residential treatment centers, lockdown facilities for mm-hmm. teenagers. Um, and it has mushroomed into programs not just for kids that are very mutually beneficial, but for families and individuals and corporate groups mm-hmm. and everybody else because um, we want everybody to be involved and we want everybody to have – an understanding of, of, and a better perspective about the elders because in our culture, what we're taught at a very early age is that the older a person becomes, the less they become. And we're taught that in every way possible. 
And the older you get, the more you, you more you subtly and sometimes not so subtly experience that as oh, well. Exactly, I'm experiencing it. I'm 73, and and I I experience it all the time. And I have a a, a friend who's in his 80s, and he was talking about how in, and he's brilliant. He's a retired attorney, talking about how invisible he feels. Sort of like slowly leaving the world. Before you're leaving the world. Yeah, he's in a group. He has wonderful things to say. And it's kind of like, who's that person? Why is he talking? Yeah. But we, Bessie's Hope has been, even before the term ageism is now a buzzword, mm, but yes. we've, been, we've been doing our part in trying to eradicate ageism from the very beginning. Because our volunteers, whether they're in preschool, high school, or adults, they see the exact opposite with the elders. First of all, because of our education and training that's required before they visit, um, that they see that the elders are not less but more, and that they have so much. We hear elementary school teachers, I mean, um, students, even say things like, "Wow, that people had really that person had really cool stories," and they also say things like, "That's neat to be around somebody who's so wise. Who would think that kids would use that?" Right, But if they're educated and they're aware and they start opening their eyes to that, it's beautiful. How do you think that's come about? I mean, what are your feelings? That How have we become so separated? I mean, the ages. I mean, older people from younger people. What do you think has contributed to that? Do you have any insights into that <laughs> after all these years? Well, yeah. One thing is, you know, we're such a transient society anyway. And secondly, uh, the frenetic pace in which we live, everybody just trying to stay stay a foot uh, in front and it's and so competitive in every way possible. So for instance, when I was growing up, I would hear, "Well, just put yourself in her shoes." But now, if you were to say that to a kid, it'd be like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> so it's it's like uh, it's become we we become very impersonalized. Yes, and with the whole digital age and life being lived truly online, and with the with the phones in our faces, there are hardly any opportunities for human contact. And especially when you, when you're outside your peer group, and you have these older people, and your and kids are looking at them like. Well, what good are they? You know, they're kind of useless. And so that's really, that's how they, if you're not out producing and you're, you're not doing something, 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 you know, busy. And, uh, then, then as I said, you're less than. Um, and it's a very sad commentary on the, the values of our society. Well, and it, it seems like in other times, the generations used to live together. I mean, and now that's, I don't know if that's because we're so transient. You know, we, we end up in, in places far away from where we grew up. It was not that unusual, not that long ago that, you know, there'd be the kids and the parents and the grandparents, maybe all living in the same house. Um, and, or, or very close to one another to where it was easy to interact. It's not so easy to do that anymore. I mean, I know with my own kids, they're, 
that one set of grandparents lived 700 miles away. So, you know, it just there just wasn't that much contact, as much as my mother hated that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure she did. Well, yeah. and that's why this program is so successful for, for kids, because um, if they're not around their grandparents, mm-hmm. then they don't really know what they're missing until they are around people in right. that age group. That's that separation of mm-hmm. ages for them. And when they experience it, it, it is like a light bulb goes, uh, I mean, goes on over their heads. Right. And you see this, you see just right in front of your eyes, you see the compassion, you see the respect, and you see the enjoyment mm-hmm. truly that they have listening to that person and, and making contact. And they also, without even realizing it, they're they're feeling a sense of purpose and meaning in their own lives, the kids, mm-hmm. um, and certainly while they're giving the elder the same thing. Sure. How do these programs work? Now, you, you say you pair at-risk children with with elders, and uh, is that is that the only program you have, or do you do a broad range of kids? That broad range. We okay. we work with preschool through high school, and we work a lot with schools, whether they're private or public, uh, charter schools, whatever. And we go to to the school and do the do an orientation education training session mm-hmm. because all of our volunteers are equipped with communication tools, so they can communicate with elders of all cognitive functioning levels, including advanced Alzheimer's. And and, I, and we see it playing out all the time. Anybody who wanted to go watch a Bessie's Hope Youth and Elders program, you would see that. You would see touching right away, mm-hmm. and, and you would see uh, kids intently listening. So whether they're in preschool or high school, and especially the kids that are quote unquote at risk um, those kids really blossom because mm-hmm. they feel needed and valued for the very first time in their lives and they and they want to have more it's kind of like a it's kind of like a healthy drug yes uh-huh. yeah. What, what exactly just for the sake of uh, the audience what is an, is an at-risk kid I mean well what would you, how would you characterize that okay just, it I think the the term first began with at-risk for not graduating from high school. Okay. But also it's it's sort of broader now. It's at risk for having the opportunity to become a responsible mm-hmm. adult. And so at risk is this all encompassing term for kids who really are kind of falling through the cracks because of their um their home life, mm-hmm. their inability to function well enough to to do well like in a in a school setting that other people can function in. Mm-hmm. So they're at risk of of being all they can be because they are so much more inside than they're aware of. These at-risk kids don't have the support systems most of the time where they can say, well, I'm really good at, or I can do this, or I'm strong in that. Mm-hmm. Before these kids meet with the elders, do they get some kind of training or orientation what do they what do they do to prepare for that yes whether they're little preschool kids or bigger kids we have a 1 hour training with them and we give them information about nursing homes and assisted living mm-hmm. communities give them information about the people who live there 
and uh, a lot about Alzheimer's, a whole lot about Alzheimer's, and then how to how to interact with people, also how to react in certain situations. So if somebody says somebody thinks that there's somebody that they're not, our kids know to be the person that they think they are. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, what do you mean by that specifically? <laughs> I mean, that's that uh, sounds interesting. I mean, yeah. Well, because people who have Alzheimer's, um, they live most of the time in the past, yes. a long time ago past. Okay. Because they might not know what they had for breakfast this morning, but they could sometimes, if they're verbal and still at a certain level in the disease, they can talk about the jobs they had. Oh, okay. Or when their children are small. And then as it progresses, they go even farther back, and they start living in the faraway past, like when they were children. And it's it's a very tragic disease, because it's like you've learned all this stuff through your life, and then you turn around and you start back down the same loop until you get to the bottom, as with my grandmother, who had Alzheimer's, as I said. Mm-hmm. she She made it all the way through the horrible disease, into the very end that had made her, the disease had made her blind. It had made her, uh, her legs contracted, you know, almost like a fetal position again. Mm. So, and she was, she was like the, an incredible strong woman. Yeah. And so we want the kids to have, to be equipped with the patience and the understanding, as well as, as I was talking about before, when you go into to a place and they're living in one of these memories, and as it happened with this nine-year-old little boy and his mother, uh, I had given the school class an orientation one morning, and that afternoon they went for their first visit. And his mother was walking with the school class, and when they walked in, this little lady in a wheelchair reached out and grabbed his mother's wrist, and it startled her, so she kind of pulled back. And the little boy said, it's okay, Mom, they're touch-hungry. Because that's what we teach them. They are touch hungry. Yes. And so then the little lady in the wheelchair said to his mother, oh, Hazel, I'm so glad you came. I've been waiting and waiting so long for you. And his mother said, oh, sweetie, I'm not Hazel. I'm his mother. And the little boy who had been in our orientation put his hands on his hip and said, (laughs) mom, be who she thinks you are. (laughs) Oh, I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they... They sort of uh, uh, play into that. I mean, and I mean that in the best possible way. You know, not mm-hmm. it, not in a condescending way, but they because I imagine that's useful to them because mm-hmm. often people do draw away. You know, they're. I think it's a unfortunately a, a natural first reaction when when something isn't what you think it should be right away. But that's great. That's yeah, great, because yeah. then it is useful. Like, and it's Because it's a, usually a familial thing that happens. They think that you're their son or their, or their husband or their wife or, or their parents. Right. And so that gives them a sense of security, you know. And we're, we have the ability to walk into their reality, which is just as real as this table right here. Right. So we can walk into their reality and participate with them on some degree. They can't all the time walk into our reality. You have programs with kids. Uh, do you have other programs that uh, for professionals or young adults? Yeah, for for anybody. Basically, like last Saturday, we had an orientation for our family and elder program, okay. which is really wonderful for an individual, a couple, a family, 
single moms, single dads who would like to have this wonderful experience together. But anyway, to go in and unofficially adopt someone who has no one, 60% of nursing home elders across the country, actually it's over that, over 60% have no personal visitors. And so if somebody's listening today and wants to have a really super meaningful volunteer experience, we have orientations as we did last Saturday. We had we have twice two a month and we had nine people at the orientation Saturday all from all over Metro Denver and surrounding areas who want to fill that significant void in someone's life. Okay. One uh there was one woman with her two teenage kids and then the other people were individuals. So then after that training, then we will meet them at a conveniently located place and we'll do a placement visit so that they can meet people who have no one and select one or more persons that they can visit on a somewhat regular basis. They can, they can visit weekly. They can visit monthly. Uh, if you, if they have five minutes to drop in, we say, just drop in. Yeah. Just drop in and say hi. Cause I, I imagine that that means a lot. I mean, even if it's just just to say hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And touch, you know, just take somebody's hand and say, I was just passing by and I just had to come and see you for a minute. I hope that's okay. And oh, my goodness, they're going to say, oh, okay. It's wonderful. <laughs> you have an emphasis on kids, but actually anybody could go into this program, have somebody to visit. Let's say that you don't have kids, but let's say you're saying, yeah, you know what? I'd like to visit somebody. How would you go about doing that? You go to Bessie's Hope website, B-E-S-S-I-E-S, org, and there's a family elder program that mm-hmm. you will see on the homepage. Mm-hmm. You click on that, do an application. We will contact you, tell you when the orientations are, and it's perfect for for people who've perhaps moved here and they don't know anybody, they don't have any extended family, we can fix you up with an instant grandmother or an instant grandfather. And it'll be extremely significant to both parties. Do you have outreaches to schools on a regular basis? I mean, is that how you get the sort of find out about the kids? or Yeah, schools, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Boys and Girls Clubs. And then the residential treatment centers I was talking about, the Mm -hmm. lockdown facilities for teenagers. Okay. And it's since it's all about relationship building, we do like for for the groups to be ongoing, whatever that means, weekly, monthly. But even if a group wanted to go one time, and this applies for adult groups too, Mm -hmm. corporations, talk about the perfect team building experience Mm. and the perfect community service project. To, to reach out to people who are completely forgotten in our society. So uh, we do the same thing with adult groups. We go and provide the training and give the education tools, the communication tools, rather. And then we facilitate the coordination of the visits with the elder care communities. Then we facilitate the visit itself so nobody has to wonder, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? We take care of all that. Okay. So so they go in feeling comfortable and, and prepared. Yes. For it. Okay, good. So you have an event coming up in this 25th year. Tell us about that. Well, it's our 16th annual Bolarama for all ages. We've had two years old. We've had 102 years old participating. And you can you can be a novice bowler who've never held a bowling ball before, or you can be a professional level. Everyone has fun. 
Uh, we do have to have, it's just coming this next Saturday, the 23rd, but you do have to be pre-registered on our website. Okay. Or you can also call me, 303 uh, or go to org and register. We do have to have that pre-registration. And we have three bowling locations throughout Metro Denver that are, they'll get you wherever you live. It's Southwest. Uh, okay. Uh, Let's see, southwest, southeast, northwest. And it's only $40 to bowl, and you get two hours of bowling. You get pizza, you get beverage, you get a goodie bag, and you get lots of chances to win other prizes. Oh, good. And it's a perfect thing for families and groups of friends or employees. So, but you have to you have to act now. <laughs> okay, yeah, it, it's time is of the essence because uh, this is this weekend of the sixteenth and seventeenth. So it's next weekend, friends. So get online or or call Linda and you can get involved with that. Now I noticed uh, the the three locations just for people that the the northwest location is the Brunswick Zone in Westminster on Harlan Street, and then if you live south, it's. Uh, the AMF Littleton Lanes on uh, Country Line Road, or if you're southeast, the AMF Monaco Lanes on Leedsdale Drive. So uh, that should minimize the traffic <laughs> to, to get there. So now you were telling me uh, that as far as a way to donate that there's uh, we're coming up on a, a giving time. And so tell us about that, because uh, you, uh, people can help Bessie's Hope. Oh, yeah. The Colorado Gives Day that most people are aware of now uh, is on December the 10th this year. And over a 24-hour period, you you make your donations to however many nonprofits you want to. Mm-hmm. And if you're a huge nonprofit, then people already know it's you know like you're a household word. We're not a household word, so we need people to be aware that yes, Bessie's Hope is participating. So go to the Colorado Gives Day, select Bessie's Hope, and we have a profile there, just like all the other nonprofits have to have a profile, so you can see what we do and everything, and then. Make a donation. You can start making donations, I think, now, actually. Mm-hmm. But but then they will be applied to that 24-hour period. And then there's an incentive that the First Bank provides, and it's based on the percentage of the overall money that is taken up, uh, what your percentage is with your organization. Mm-hmm. So if there's millions and millions and millions taken up, and Bessie's Hope raises 5000 we get a little percentage of an increase to that 5000 okay. based on the percentage of that overall take. So the more we can uh, have people recognize that, oh, I would like to make a year-end gift to Bessie's Hope, I'll, I'll do it now and help help them increase their, their amount that's given so that that also increases the percentage that we're given as well on top of that. So very important. Uh, that's on December 10th. 10th. Uh, Colorado uh, gives so and and then look for Bessie's Hope and then uh, give that under your organization and then that and that helps with the matching gift or, or the uh, mm-hmm. yes. for the first bank yeah because uh, it's, well, not it's not actually a, it's not a matching gift it's yeah. a, is it people, additional people think that it's not a dollar for dollar thing okay it's, uh, but it is an you know it is um, an increase of the donations right. And every little bit helps. Yes, as they indeed. Say. <laughs> oh, yeah. In fact, in fact, we have a bridge builder program. For instance, people who want to give monthly, if you can give five dollars a month, 
that's $60, that's $60 a year. And that really, that helps us. It helps us with our training, education, all of our supplies for uh, a student and a youth to come together. Yes. I mean, a student and a youth, a student and an elder. Yes. Uh, to come together and for, for the year's time. And you'll be doing something so meaningful for two separate populations who need each other so desperately. So I write thank yous to people who donate $5 a month. The same thank you letter goes to people who do, who will. We don't have any of these. Uh, $5,000 a month. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but it's the same thank you letter to our bridge builders, as well as anybody who might be listening and think, yeah, I would like to. I'd like to send a check for twenty five dollars. That is, that's a blessing to us. That's we honor all gifts to us, and we we honor uh, because the only way we can keep going another twenty five years or another year, whatever, is through donations mm-hmm. and corporate sponsorships. So, if any corporate person is listening and you think, oh, maybe we would like to um, sponsor a team, that's only two hundred and fifty dollars, and you can sponsor four people bowling. Okay, that's great. Linda, thank you so much for being on the show once again. I mean, it's always a joy and pleasure to hear about Bessie's Hope because um, I was very blessed in my youth growing up with my grandmother, as you did, and so I know how important that is. And uh, it, I think it's it's a much-needed thing in our world today to bring people together. So once again, how do we get in touch with you? Give us that before we close out. Okay, thank you. Uh, You can call me at Bessie's Hope at 303-830-9037 or go to Bessie'sHope.org, B-E-S-S-I-E-S-H-O-P-E.org. And remember to uh, get online for the Bolarama, and there's three different locations. Uh, there's one in Westminster, and and uh, and then two in the, one in the southeast, and one in the south in in Littleton. So uh, uh, then those sites will be listed online, uh, yes. I imagine. So you do you have to sign up for a specific spot? Or? Uh, yes, you need okay. to you need to register in advance. And then you select where you're going to be. Uh, next weekend, November 23rd. So, well, thank you so much, Linda, for being on the show. Oh, thank you, Richard.